What's up? Right on. It's, uh, it's so good to have you in church. You excited to be in church? Come on. Yeah, that's better. That's better. Listen, uh, I don't know if it's just me, but has summer flown by? Man, I feel like I blinked and summer's almost over. Uh, as Kim mentioned, our youngest daughter, Lainey, she goes back to school this week, and it just seems too soon. Some days it doesn't seem soon enough, right? You know, like, get them back in school. But, but it just seems so soon, and it seems like they're going back earlier and earlier. I, I don't know. Uh, we, we've been doing school supply shopping. Any of you school supply shopping? And when I say we, I mean Kim, because I have no idea what I'm doing. A true story. I literally asked my youngest daughter, I asked her this week, if she got a trapper keeper for school. I did. And she's like, Dad, what is a trapper keeper? And uh, Kim looked at me and she said, uh, how long has it been since you've been school supply shopping? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, it's, it's been a while. How many of you remember the trapper keeper? Yeah. Where are my 80s kids in the house? Come on. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. I had the one with the F-14 fighter jet on the front. You remember that one? It was awesome. And uh, listen, our kids today, they have iPhones, iPads, apps, games, Xbox. But if you've never had a Trapper Keeper, I'm not sure you have ever really lived. I'm just telling you. The Trapper Keeper was all the rage. Anyway, um, hopefully, yeah, you're getting your school supply shopping done. All that's happening. Uh, school is almost here. Summer is almost over. As uh, Kim mentioned also this week, was our week of camp here at CFA, and it was incredible. Uh, we've never before, well, I, I guess we've only been at church for like, you know, 10, 15 minutes, but, uh, but I've never been a part of a, of a church that does kids and youth camp in the same week, and so it was incredible. It was fun. There was prayer and fasting involved. We were like, what? But, but listen, we had, I think, between the two camps, I think uh, 150, 160 uh, people, students attend. Come on, give it up for that. And what's even more important is God did work. Uh, students' lives were changed. Hearts were healed. Uh, students had a blast, and, and God did work. And so I just want to take this moment and thank you. Uh, thank you for partnering with us so students could be a part of that. Thank you for uh, your prayers. Nothing happens without prayer. Thank you for your giving because of your generosity. Students were able to go to camp. Thank you. I got to give a big shout out. Thank you to all of you who served and volunteered at camp. Yeah. Let's give it up for cabin leaders and cooks and counselors. All of you deserve a free year of Starbucks, but today we're only giving out high fives, all right? So, so maybe next year. But, uh, but listen, no, we're, we're very thankful, and uh, we, I know you're all sleep-deprived. You're barely awake. You're in a comatose state, but you're surviving. You're hanging, and so uh, thank you so much for being a part of that. But uh, today also, not only is camp coming to an end and summer's winding down, today is the final and eighth message of our Summer of Psalms series. How many of you enjoy this series? It's been a good series. 
In fact, uh, I've shared this, I've, I think, countless times, but I don't think I've ever personally been a part of a summer series that I've personally been as engaged and as excited about as this one. Uh, our family, we've been reading through the Psalms. Any of you been reading the Psalms this summer? All right, good. Uh, how about this? I've been praying the Psalms. Any of you try praying the Psalms? It's interesting, isn't it? Uh, the Psalms are actually a book of prayers. They are. And two-thirds of the Psalms are prayers of lament. Two-thirds of the Psalms are prayers of lament. Why is that important? Because I think it tells us that God wants us to come to him real. I think it lets us know that God wants us to come to him as we are. A lament is a grieving, it's a frustration, it can be towards God, it can be towards life. And praying the Psalms remind us that God wants us to come to him real. Sometimes we have to pray, why God, before we can pray, what now, God? Sometimes we have to yell, how come, before we can ever whisper, what now, God? And so the Psalms remind us that God wants us to come to him as we are, uh, that he wants us to be real. And so maybe you've been praying the Psalms. Hopefully you've been doing that. Uh, uh, we've been worshiping to the Psalms. Uh, we've been trying to worship to some of the actual Psalms. And so it's been fun. But while the series comes to an end, I hope, I pray, our journey and our study and our continual focus in the book of Psalms does not, that we continue on in this. I had a Bible college professor uh, who used to say, a psalm a day keeps the devil away. <laughs> I don't know if it's true. <laughs> I'm not sure it's theologically accurate, but I like it. I like it. I, I, I can go with it. So I think as we continue uh, in this journey called life, I think the Psalms are an important book for us to grow in. And today I want to share with you my favorite psalm. Uh, I've kind of saved the best for last, at least personally. Uh, it's, it's Psalm 51. It's David's psalm in one of the lowest points of his life. And it's a prayer I try and pray daily. I don't always do it, but I try to often pray this prayer over my life, and I hope uh, you can see the importance of it as we share it. But it's Psalms 51. For sake of time, I'm just going to read to you three verses, Psalm 51, 10 through 12. This is David, and he writes, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Create in me a clean heart. Uh, if you would, uh, let's stand up, we'll pray. And I wanna share with you uh, a message called Mistakes, Messes, and Mercy. Mistakes, Messes, and mercy. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for our time together, and we pray that you would be here in the midst. As we even prayed uh, church before church in our prayer time, that Lord, uh, that you dwell with us. You're here in the midst of our time together. We just pray that you would be here with us right now. And God, I pray for every student going back to school this week that you would protect them. I pray for every parent sending their kids back to school, that you would give them peace. I pray for every teacher and faculty in this room or watching online that's going back to school, that your presence would go with them and that this would be a remarkable year for students this year. That God, that they would grow in their understanding, wisdom, and knowledge of you. 
Lord, I just pray uh, today that you would remind us that though we make mistakes, though we make messes, you give us mercy and grace. And every time we ask, you create in us a clean heart. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can look at your neighbor and ask him, what's the Seahawks record going to be? 0-16 or 0-1-16? <laughs> the, <laughs> the world is changing. The Mariners are good. The Seahawks are not. So the world has changed. <laughs> hmm. Well, how many of you love dogs? Any dog people in the house? Our family, we love dogs. Uh, we are legit dog people. Uh, we're all about dogs. We have a dog. We have had dogs. Uh, we even subscribe to BarkBox. You might ask, what is BarkBox? BarkBox is just a subscription uh, that delivers new treats and new toys to your house every month for your dog. And so it just means we're certifiably crazy, okay? But, uh, but I've always had dogs growing up. Kim never had a dog. And so our first dog as a family, me, Kim, and the kids, was a chocolate lab by the name of Coda. Or Stella used to call him Toda because she couldn't say Coda. But, oh, how cute. Okay. And so, so here is a picture of Coda. And that there is a picture of Lucifer. <laughs> now, I know I always say that. I say about every one of my dogs because it's true. Uh, all of my dogs are really good at being really bad. Every single, I mean, look at him. He has powdered sugar. Why do you think... He has powdered sugar on his nose because he got into cookies, okay? All of our dogs are really good at being really bad, but we love them. They're good dogs. But um, Coda was actually a stray. My uncle actually found Coda on Kent Kangley, and he didn't have tags. He didn't have a collar. Uh, he called the Humane Society. Nobody had called in about that dog. We didn't like steal a dog. Okay. So it's like, wait, that's my dog. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but but we, we, we realized it was a stray. And after about a week, um, after about, uh, yeah, probably five, six days, uh, my uncle asked us, do you want this dog? And I was immediately like, yes, because I wanted a dog. I love dogs. Kim, on the other hand, she was a bit more reserved. Uh, she was a bit reluctant. She had never had a dog. Besides that, we just installed new carpet in her house, and she wasn't sure she wanted the dog on the carpet. But after a while, me and the kids wore her down, <laughs> and, and she said, let's get the dog. But Kim did say, she said, listen, she said, I want to make sure we introduce this dog to our house slowly. She had read an uh, article from a dog expert that said you're supposed to introduce a dog to your house slowly, one room at a time. The dog comes in nervous, it's a new home, and that's how you do it. And I said, Kim. I was like, Kim, 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 Kim. I, I said, I grew up with dogs. You know, I, I'm practically a dog expert. I, I know what I'm doing. I said, what we need to do is just open the door let our dog run, let our dog roam, and let him know it's his home. Mi casa su casa, right? Like, it's, it's your home, go. And, uh, and I said, Kim, trust me. <laughs> Famous last words, right? <laughs> just, just trust me. 
And so what I'm about to tell you, all of this is true. This all really happened. Kim can attest to this. Uh, we actually have some of this on video camera because uh, we videotaped our dog. Uh, it's, it's homecoming. So anyway, Coda, we get to the front door. I open up the door. Coda runs in. We forget to put our cat away. So our dog and cat come face to face. Our cat hisses at our dog, pees a little bit on the carpet. True story. Pees, jumps over our dog, runs out the door. Now, I, we, we didn't know at the time is this would be the last time we'd see our cat. We, I was like, yes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I don't necessarily love cats, but anyway, I, I was still kind of sad. I wasn't at all. Anyway, so the, the, cat, the cat ran out, and we didn't know at the time. The cat, the cat decided, I'm out. I thought the cat just wanted a break. No, the cat took one look at the dog and said, nuh-uh. And said, I'm not living here. Took off, found another nice house, and I don't know. But so now we're in the house. Coda is roaming around the house, and it's going good. You know, he's, he's chill for a minute. <laughs> and then he gets kind of a, a nervous look on his face. And he starts running around our downstairs, like running. Pretty soon the running transitions into sprinting. He's like sprinting. We're trying to chase him. We can't get him. He runs upstairs, runs into Olivia's room. She at the time was like five. Runs into her room and he stares at us. <laughs> and this really happened. Coda begins to squat down. And I'm like, that's a funny way for a dog to sit. He wasn't sitting. He begins to poo right there on the floor, the new carpet. I freak out. I'm like, what? Now, I don't know what, what made me more mad. The fact that he's pooing on the floor or looking at me while he's doing it. It was like, he was like, you know, and I'm like, no. I said, Coda, no. So that was a mistake because Coda steps in the poo and starts running down our hallway, making poo paw prints all over our new carpet. This all happened. I have this on videotape. He then runs into our room, jumps on our master bed with his poo paw prints and just lays there. And Kim was a little mad. <laughs> Kim was a little mad because she warned me of this. Uh, this. This was her thing. She said, we need to introduce the dog to our house slowly. And let's just say for the next couple days, I spent the time <laughs> trying to apologize for my mistake, <laughs> clean up the mess, and praying for the mercy of Kim and me, for me and my dog, because we were both in the doghouse, <laughs> both of us. <laughs> Mistakes, messes, mercy. Uh, listen, uh, the same way my dog stepped in it, uh, all of us in here at one time or another has stepped in it. And if you're not picking up on this, this is now a metaphor, okay? You're like, I did not. It's like, no, this is a metaphor. We've all stepped in it. Every one of us in here had made mistakes. Every one of us in here has made messes. And every one of us in here is only here because of the grace and mercy of God. That's the only reason we're here because of God's mercy. And I share this to open because when we pick up in this text, David has stepped in it. 
When we pick up in this text behind the scenes in Psalms 51, David has made the mistake of mistakes. David is in a mess of all messes. David is desperate for the mercy of God. Now you need to understand, David was this great man. David is the only person in the Bible to be said to have a heart after God's own heart. Uh, David is a king and a priest, which is a shadow and a type of Jesus in the New Testament. Uh, David had a great resume. He defeated Goliath. He uh, was a warrior and a worshiper. He wrote 75 of the 150 Psalms. David is this great man, and yet David has this great fall. What happens? David has an affair, and if that's not enough, he then tries to cover it up, abuse his power by sending the husband of the woman he has an affair with to the front lines to be killed. Some of us are like, wait, is that the Bible or is that that new HBO series? <laughs> you know, it's like, is that Braveheart or is that Bible? No, it's in the Bible. You should read the Bible. It's a good book. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy stuff in there. But the Bible is filled with stories of people who stepped in it. The Bible's filled with stories of people who made mistakes, people who made messes, but by the mercy of God, they were able to get back up again. In fact, I came across this the other day. Check out this. It says, think God can't use you, and it names all these Bible characters. Noah was a drunk. Jacob was a liar. Joseph was abused. Moses had a stutter. Gideon was afraid. Rahab was a prostitute. Abraham was too old. Jeremiah was too young. David had an affair and had a man killed. Elijah was depressed. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. Come on. Peter denied Jesus. Martha always worried. The Samaritan woman had a divorce or many. Paul persecuted the church. Timothy had an illness. Lazarus was dead. Come on. Listen, the Bible is filled with stories of people who stepped in it but didn't stay in it. People who were knocked down but didn't stay down. And listen, we all make mistakes. We all make messes. But the question is, will we receive the grace and mercy of God and get back up again? Failure is never final as long as Jesus is our Lord. And we can get back up again. And so David finds himself in it. He's made the mistake of all mistakes, the mess of all messes, and he is desperate for the mercy of God. And when David comes to the realization of what he's done, uh, David is crushed. David is broken. And it's there we get Psalms 51. David's heart is crushed. His soul is anguished. His countenance is down. His confidence is rattled. David finds himself in a broken, crushed state. And it's in that state that he writes Psalms 51. It's in that season that he prays this prayer, create in me a clean heart. A prayer I try to pray every day. A prayer I encourage you to adopt in your prayer life. Why? Because every day we make mistakes. Albeit, hopefully not to the extent of David, but every day we make mistakes. Every day we find ourselves in messes. Every day we need the mercy of God. 
Amen? And so I want to take a moment. I just want to take maybe 10, 12 minutes, and I want to share with you how I pray this prayer. Break it up into three parts. Kind of break down this one verse, Psalms 51.10. Create in me a clean heart. Someone say create. That's part one. Say in me. Part two, a clean heart. Part three. So the first part is create. Somebody say create. So to understand this word create, the magnitude of it, you have to first of all understand its original meaning. Kind of got to nerd out a little bit on Bible. But listen, you have to understand the word. So the word create used here is the Hebrew word bara. Bara is, is, is how you say it. And unless you're fluent in Hebrew, it means nothing to nobody, okay? I realize that. But as you study it, you begin to discover how powerful this prayer is David's praying. Now, whenever you don't understand a word or name in the Bible, one of the things you should always do is go back to the first time it's used. This is just kind of teaching for a moment. This is just a, a pro tip, a trick for the trade. If you don't understand a word or name, go back to the first time it's used. Why? Oftentimes it will paint a picture. It will add context and clarity about this word. And this couldn't be any more true of this word, bara. Because this word, bara, is first used. You ready for this? In Genesis 1.1, where we read, in the beginning, God creates bara, the heaven and the earth. It's the same word David prays in Psalms 51.10, where he says, create or bara in me a clean heart. Why is this important? It's important because David was asking God to do something only God could do. David is saying the same way God, you created something out of nothing. The same way you created the heavens and the earth out of nothing, create in me a clean heart. Look at a couple of these quotes. These will help kind of bring some context here. Uh, just nerd out Bible a little bit. James Boyce, he's a, he's a well-known uh, late theologian. He says this word that begins this section is a Hebrew word bara, which is used in Genesis 1.1, for the creation of the heavens and earth by God. Look at this. Strictly used. It's only used in this context. Strictly used, this word describes what only God can do. Create out of nothing. Look at what Frank Kidner says. He says, with the word create, he asked for nothing less than a miracle. Now understand this. When David says, create or bara in me. What he's saying is, God, only you can do this. No one else can do this. Only you can do this. The same way you created the heavens and the earth, create in me a new heart. Listen, church, only God can create something out of nothing in your life. Only God can take that which is dead in your life that you're looking at, that you're frustrated about, that's happening in your life and breathe life back into it. Only God can do that. Only God can take what is old and by his mercy and grace make it new again and only God can create in us a clean heart. Only God can do this. So David makes a mistake of all mistakes. He makes a mess of all messes, but it's what David does next that matters most. He goes to God. And listen, catch this. If you don't catch anything else today, oftentimes it's not your mistake, it's what you do next that will define you. Oftentimes, it's not our mistakes, it's what we do next that will define us, that will determine where we end up. David goes to God. 
I think whenever we make mistakes, whenever we find ourselves in messes, there's like four different ways we can respond. Uh, First thing, we can ignore it, right? Big mistake, small mistake, makes no difference. We can just ignore it. You know, brush it under the couch. If you look under my couches today, you're gonna see all kinds of stuff. Some goldfish, maybe, I don't know, maybe some money, hopefully, probably not. But anyway, you just, we get stuff under there. It just gets brushed under the carpet. I think we do that sometimes with our messes. We just it, bury it. You know, bury ourselves in work. Bury ourselves with more golf. Bury ourselves with shopping more. Just bury it and just ignore it. And we can bury our head in the sand, but all we do is give the devil a bigger target. <laughs> Some of you will get that joke later. Listen, <laughs> but, but listen, listen, we can ignore it. We can tend to ignore it, and that doesn't help. The second thing we can do is we can try and work it out on our own. And I think men, I think oftentimes we're susceptible to this. Just kind of muscle through, just, you know, I'll, I'll be good. Work it out on our own. I shared months ago that one time I was working out in the gym by myself, trying to bench more weight than I've ever benched. I couldn't lift the weight. It was stuck. And a woman came in the gym, helped me. I call her Wonder Woman. And she helped me lift up the weight and save my life. But I think sometimes we try and work out our messes, work out our stuff on our own. And we need other people in our life. We need other people to help us. And that gets me uh, to the third one. We need other people to help with it. Whatever your mess is, whatever your mistake is, if you're trying to endure it alone, it's not gonna work. You need other people to help you, other people to help build you up. Jesus brings people in our life to help us. Of our mission statement, our fourth E is engage in community. We need other people to help us. We need other people to help us, but only God can heal us. Why do I say that? Because I think sometimes we get frustrated because we want other people to do what only God can do. Other people can help you, but only God can heal you. And so we need to go to other people. God brings people in our life to help us, but then we also have to go to God. And that's the fourth thing. That's what, that's what David does here. When he says, create, bara, he says, I'm coming to you because you're the only one that can fix this. I, only you can create something new in me. Only you can create something out of nothing. Only you can take that which is dead and breathe life into it. Only you can take that which is old and make it new again. And he's saying, I need to come to you with this because only you can heal me. People can help us. Only God can heal us. And we need to make sure we're also going to God and getting wisdom. God, how do I work? What do I do? Because only God can heal the heart. Only God can create in us a new heart. For the last couple weeks, it's still going on. It happened again last night. I've been having car trouble. (laughs) I got a Toyota Prius. You can laugh if you want, but I get 50 miles per gallon, so I'm laughing at you. <laughs> but, but I would love a V8 muscle car, but my kids want to eat, so there's that. Anyway, so my Prius has been having car trouble, and so I, of course, uh, called up my Toyota mechanic, and I brought the car to him. This will be the third time. But notice when I was having car trouble, I didn't bring my car to McDonald's. Right? That'd be weird. Like, just wait in line, like, psh. Get up to the front. Welcome to McDonald's. How many help you? Uh, yeah, can someone take a look at my car? <laughs> it's acting weird. I don't know. You know, they're like, 
This is a McDonald's. <laughs> Do you want McNuggets? <laughs> you know, remember, sir, this is a Wendy's. You remember that? That joke? No, you don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> it was like all over Twitter, but anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> but I brought my car to the one who can fix it. I didn't bring my car to the one who can't. And I think we need to understand when we find ourselves in mistakes, when we find ourselves in messes, we need to go to God because it's God who can heal the heart. It's God who can fix this. And David, when he uses the word create, ultimately that's what he's saying. He's saying, God, only you can do this. And when I pray, God created me a clean heart, I'm praying, God, only you can do this. Only you can show me what's really going on inside of my heart. Only you can reveal to me what's really happening in there. So I gotta move on. So create, the second part is in me. Someone say, in me. Notice it's not in her or in him. In me. It's so much easier to pray for everybody else to change. Isn't it? God create in him a new heart. <laughs> God create in her a new heart. God changed my spouse. God changed my boss. God changed my employees. And there's a place for that prayer. But that's not this prayer. This prayer is create in me a clean heart. Change the world, God, but start with my heart. Start with changing me first. Create in me. And then the last part is a clean heart. A clean heart. Because only God can make our hearts clean. Only God can take the dirt and debris that gets stuck on our heart and make us clean again. Only God can take our messes and our mistakes and by his mercy make us new in him again. Only God can do that. Listen, uh, I want to just close with this, this story. Um, probably a year ago, I think it was about a year ago, uh, I was in my house and uh, my daughter, she was probably 11 at the time, she came running in and she said, Dad, Dad, <laughs> somebody vandalized our car. And I thought vandalized was a pretty big word for an 11-year-old to use. So I was like, I have to see this. So I go out to the car and I'm like, What? <laughs> and, and our car is so dirty. I mean, it was like the dirtiest I've ever seen our car. And, and Lainey is like, look. And I'm like, what? And, what? and she said, look. And somebody had taken their finger and wrote, wash, <laughs> wash me, right? On the car. You ever seen that? Our car was dirty enough for that, okay? And so I said, okay. And she's like, well, look. And I'm like, Yeah. She goes, well, they shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, well, that's probably true, but I don't think we're gonna press charges. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think we're taking this further at this point. And so I said, Lainey, I said, Lainey, listen, listen, it's fine. What we'll do is we'll just go to the car wash. Our car will be clean again, and it will be brand new. And sure enough, a few days later, we went to the car wash our car, yeah, it took me a while. The car was washed. Uh, I had stuff to do. Um, <laughs> but we were able to wash the car. We were able to clean the car. And the car came out brand new again. And I just share this because I wonder if at times, if we listen and we quiet ourselves and we listen to God, if the Holy Spirit will say to us, wash me to our hearts. I wonder if the Holy Spirit won't just speak to us and, and warn and just tell us, hey, 
it's time. Wash me. You know, when we think of a car, we're using this metaphor, and I don't know if it's good or not. We'll find out. But, but when we think of a car, a car gets dirty for two reasons, doesn't it? One, there's an event. You go camping. You go on a road trip. You go somewhere. You go away from the house. Your car gets dirty. You need to get your car washed. But the second reason, it's, it's just over time. Right? There's not an event. You can't think back and think, oh, that's why my car's dirty. It's just been a while. I haven't washed it. And can I tell you, I think the same thing is true with our hearts. I think sometimes our hearts are unclean because there's, there's stuff. We made mistakes. We said something we shouldn't have said to our spouse. We made a mess and maybe we hurt someone and wronged someone and we need the mercy of God. But sometimes it's just living life. Sometimes it's just living in the world we live in today. Seeing what we see every day, hearing what we hear every day. I think if we're not careful, our hearts can get polluted. Our hearts can get filled with junk and stuff and dirt and debris. And we don't even recognize it until we stop and say, wait, I think it's time to wash me. I think it's time to let the Holy Spirit to wash over my heart. And so this is what I want to do. I want to take the next just five minutes. And as we close this series, but more importantly, as we enter into a school year, into a September season, I want us all to take a moment where we just allow the Holy Spirit to wash our hearts. There might be some things, there might be some things that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you that you need to let go of. Maybe some people you need to forgive. Maybe some people you need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe there is a mess. Maybe there are some mistakes. But for some of us, I just pray that we can take a few moments and just, just breathe in and breathe out and let the Holy Spirit come over our heart and minister to us. Listen, oftentimes the most important part of a service is when the speaker isn't speaking and the Holy Spirit is. And I just want to allow five, six minutes to let the Holy Spirit work in our lives. Uh, you can come up here and pray if you want. That's where I'm going to be. You can stay seated. You can stand up. But I want us just to take a few moments and just pray. Create in me a clean heart. And let's let God do work.